Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Profitability Podcast. I'm your host, Adi Pinar. When we view the creations of makers, entrepreneurs, or artists from the outside, we often only see the final product. But much of what happens behind the scenes, both the good and the bad, gets missed, and we don't know what we don't know. How would perceptions or opinions of these creations change if we were privy to the whole journey? Every week on this podcast, I have a conversation with a fascinating guest, whether they're an entrepreneur, artist, musician, author, poet, or artisan, to learn more about how they live a life that is uniquely profitable. Today's conversation is with Sidra Kazim and Wakaz Ali, the wife and husband founding team behind two shoe companies, Markor and Atoms. Originally from small towns in rural Pakistan, Sidra and Wakaz has had an incredible journey and produced some of the best shoes you'll ever wear. Yes, I'm biased, I'm a long-time customer, and I'm wearing my Atoms as I record this. I wanted to talk to Sidra and Wakaz because I've watched them build these two brands and companies from afar. And especially with Markor, they had a very clear mission around craftsmanship and heritage. I was also super curious about their experience moving from Pakistan to the United States and building atoms after they originally built Markor. What came to light in our conversation was that there were many parts of this journey that has not been public knowledge. We spoke about how parts of themselves as individuals show up in their work, what they're truly passionate about, and how that translates into making the best shoe in the world. We also spoke about labels and how their experience moving to San Francisco initially, where they felt like they had to live out the entrepreneur label first, which meant possibly leaving their whole selves at home. They also shared very personal challenges they've had to overcome and the ultimate goal that has kept them going. I was touched by the authenticity and vulnerability that was a big part of this conversation. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sidra and Wakaz. Hi, Sidra Wakaz. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you, Adi. You guys are co-founders of two different shoe brands, Markor and Atoms. Like jumping straight in here, like I want to know, like where did the decision come from to start a shoe company? We did not set out to start a shoe company. I think it was, we were just very passionate about using technology. So actually we had a company before our shoe companies too. So we started a social media internet business uh, while I was still in college in Lahore. Sidra was working for Mukarda. So we both are from like smaller towns. Sidra is from Mukarda. I'm like from a village next to Mukarda. And I moved to Lahore for my college. And around that time I discovered internet and I told Sidra about it and we started using internet. And at this point, we even don't have our own computer. And we started our first company to start using internet and teach other people how to use internet. And then we met with these craftsmen in our village who were making these shoes. And the conversation started that we can help them sell their shoes on Facebook and on the internet. We did not start that year, but after like one and a half year, the idea, everything came together and we set out to start a shoe company. Oh, wow. I missed that part of the story because I mean, I, I've been following you for, for ages um, and we're going to get into the Kickstarter campaign that you ran for Markor you know, kind of all those years ago just now. I was a backer there. I did not know that the start of this was actually more around kind of, you know, technology and the marketing and then the kind of the shoes just came, just happened coincidentally, it sounds like. Yeah, I think the interesting part of the story which Vikas missed was he was um, sitting in the sitting of like group of villagers and they were talking about banning Facebook 
and doing some protest because someone was running something on Facebook which was against the religion and something. So Vakas mentioned that you can also actually sell your product on Facebook. It's a tool. It's like how you use it. It's not about Facebook. So then a guy who was sitting over there, he said, like, how come? And he started talking about, like, people are selling their product. People are meeting with new, exciting people. I know, like, Facebook is now very, very different. So it's a very different story. But our story starts from that conversation. And then the guy said, like, I make shoes. I make handcrafted shoes. So that was, like, perfect start. Like, you know, we, we were learning and teaching about, like, how you can use communication medium to reach out to more people and build your own community. And then also talk about those products and ideas, which are very, very unique. So I think like we both did not see like entire shoes made out of hand. So it was like a very unique experience for both of us as well. So Vakas called me and he said, I have very interesting thing in my village. So why not you come? So I came there. I was the first woman to enter into that small two room setup. And everyone was very nervous because they have always seen women like their head covered and they respect women a lot and all that. So they were very conscious that I don't, I'm not uncomfortable with anything instead of like telling me what their business was. So at one point, Vakas said like, hey, I'm going out, you just talk to them. So I sat on the floor, I started talking to them and then we built such a good connection. All my learning about shoemaking happened there. So that was my first school. Now I can look into shoes and I can talk about like, hey, what is wrong with that shoes? So I actually learned from from there. So that was our story. And when we started working on the idea, like how we can build a store and start selling our product, we decided why not we go and spend like Vakas will bring $250, I will bring $250. And the head of that craft unit, he would bring $250. He brought $250, but we, we both were student or coming out of college at that time. So we couldn't get that money. So we didn't start at that time. But later on, we applied for a grant we got selected and we received like ten thousand dollar grant and at the same time we both were like doing small jobs and and all that just to like really looking into that idea that if we can save some money to invest in that so that's really it started and kickstarter story is like another interesting start and i think Vikas can share more about that yeah, that's a great segue because I'd love to hear from there because in my universe, you guys pop up with Kickstarter, right? Kickstarter is the first thing that happens and it sounds like you guys had to take kind of a big risk. There was a lot of work that happened way before you ever got onto Kickstarter. Yeah, I would just like touch one more reason we started the shoe company. When we were trying to build our first business where we would help any company sell their product or sell their services on the internet, most of their products and services were not that good. So if, if you don't like the product, you can't talk about passionately about it. And if you can tell, Sidra and I are very passionate. Like we are very passionate about few things and very passionate. So we were like, what if we ever had our own product? What if we like could control the entire product quality and then we could just tell the truth to our customer? So that was like a deep desire to one day be able to like make your own product. And when we saw those shoes in our own village, that clicked. And the reason we stayed on the shoes is, and we can come on this like later on too, shoes are one of the hardest product to make. These eyeglasses, if the fitting is loose, you can still wear it and you can fix the fitting. If shoes are not right, they will hurt your feet. You can't wear them. Like it is just like one of the hardest products. Actually, the craftsmen in our village, they one day asked me because they had so much respect for us. So they did not almost want us to do that business. 
So they were like, you went to this college in Lahore and now you have Sidra. You guys don't have anything else to do than to work the other kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh that's that's insane and, and and just kind of speaking to that and then we should get into the kickstarter campaign right is like i still have my two original pairs of marker shoes a tan pair and a black pair and they're still perfect right so this is five years later so like you know speaking to that kind of the, the quality and that passion for being able to I mean, you mentioned like being able to control all the parts of the product including the quality anyone listening by now knows that i'm an absolute fanboy but tell me about the kickstarter campaign like you know a little kind of you know 30 second kind of you know overview of what you did what you achieved but what i'm most keen to hear is what was the hardest part of the Kickstarter campaign? The hardest part was that in, from Pakistan, you can't do a Kickstarter. So you can't, you can't do like a Kickstarter. And we, Sidra and I did not have credit card or anything to like be able to do that. So that was like a long, long period. And social security number, someone helped us with that. You have to have a social security number. Yeah, now they are allowing more country. And, but at that time it was not happening. And it's actually interesting by the end of this month, I have a call with the Kickstarter founder. <laughs> so. So we have come a long way. So we couldn't like really, it would be something like, you know, if you look like at a tool and you see it's amazing, but you can't use it. So that was a feeling which we were very used to from Pakistan for several reasons. So that was one of the hardest part. I think the other hardest part was, this is before the launch. The other hardest part was we never had done a video. Our English was not as good as that time. Even now, like English is a second and third language for us. So how we will tell that story. We took two nights to record that video and the entire team was there like till 5 a.m. in the morning. So they were saying like, we can't hear you. We can't hear you what you are saying because our English was not that good. So Sidra and Noor, Noor was our head of design at Marco. So they did an amazing job of making the shoes, coming up with designs and like from getting leather to getting design and there was so much that went with that. Then how we tell that story? And coming up with like idea of what story you want to tell and we we told the story and the other important part was that we should be the people to tell that story we should not hire someone who is professional to tell that story we should just try it on our own if, if we fail we'll fail but if we succeed we succeed and then we launched the kickstarter campaign and it was just uh within like first 24 hours we met our goal seth gordon wrote about us so we have been following Seth Gordon's journey for a long time. And uh, we had mutual friends and someone gifted him a pair of Marco shoes before the Kickstarter campaign. And his email, his thank you note came to us on the day we launched our Kickstarter campaign. So Sidra and I are debating, like, should we ask Seth to give a shout out to our campaign? And then we said no. But we told him that we just launched the Kickstarter campaign. So he wrote a blog post about that. And then, like, we just, it, it, the momentum started through. Now it feels so easy, like, so Vakas, I want to touch like some aspect after the Kickstarter campaign. You know, when you raise the money, you have now the money and you think about mostly like Kickstarter campaign on the surface, they are successful, but actually in reality, they are not. The reason is because you offer your product on discount. And then most of the time, like you are launching your business for the first time. So you don't do your math really well. And shipping cost is not what you were thinking about. Product cost is on scale sometime like on scale, getting material become harder. You end up spending more money to make an effort to get that material as compared to like you, you know, you think like when you will go to economy of scale, 
you will like manage your cost but sometime for small businesses it doesn't happen so that was very interesting but the most difficult part was the day we had all our orders i created a spreadsheet i printed that and i was walking in the, in our factory we actually at that time we were working with two factories in pakistan those were like small units small factories i was entering in that main factory and they were packing their machines they were putting their machine in the container i had almost a heart attack i said this is the first time we reached out to such a big audience and then we raised this much money which i have never seen in my life and now we have this big responsibility to ship these orders there was a lot of pressure because you know all those people all those friends who were looking at our journey they supported us and what's going on here so i found out that the guy he took some loan from the factory and he couldn't pay on the time so they were like packing all his machines he said no no everything is fine don't worry about that so but i was like very very worried so we started working on the you know finding an alternate so i started working with someone who was making outsole leather material in italy so he connected me with someone and somehow i started the project then in the middle of that the factory reopened so we completed our production it was the worst part but then later on we started working with the guy like you know how we can help and how he can thrive in his business yeah so sometimes this happened too yeah i think the the first thing that i'm hearing here is that often when we see creators and entrepreneurs make these things and put them out in the world the ultimate customers or the audience the public they only see that last step you take right which is hey here's this thing they don't see all those sometimes thousands of steps and challenges that went into kind of that behind the scenes right cuz those things don't necessarily get told right cuz you want yeah. to market the ultimate thing what i want to touch on here is again like shifting from outside perspective of marco right from from my side marco had strong ideals and a strong mission right around craftsmanship as well as building we spoke about a quality product but also a product that was going to kind of respect and be true to kind of your home country and heritage right pakistan what i've heard you guys say cuz my question would have been like where in that kind of narrative where is sidran wakaz's as individuals like where do you fit into that story and i've heard a few things right things like your commitment to the customers that had purchased right figuring out solution because you had to deliver the responsibility to do so i've heard passion passion came up like what are those other things about you guys as individuals that played a part of that kind of you know, that story in your journey at least this is a good hard question actually uh, every good question is a hard question Yeah this has been a deeply deeply personal journey for both Sidra and me on so many levels. So there is just one very specific to Marco but there is also very specific to like doing something which is never done before. So where Sidra and I come from people don't know about this word. Now it's getting popular. They don't know what Kickstarter is. They've never heard of like Y Combinator or like Forbes 30 under 30 or like whatever the things is like we have checked several lists but it was kind of like there's so many unknowns we didn't know what we were doing so on my side like i would say i saw myself failing so many times in my life like i'm always like setting up big goals and failing and actually once i set up a very small goal which was if i graduate from my college i should be able to get a job which will pay me 250 dollar per month because 250 per month felt like a lot of money to me and i was not able to do that because i had to drop out of college not the fancy drop out but there are so many reasons that i ended up not being able to make it to college so it was like can actually i do something meaningful can i actually really 
do something that would make me feel like self-worth and all of that. So there was this one part. And then when you start using internet and when you start reading these stories of entrepreneurs and then you start reading who is leading the narrative in the world on technology and innovation, you don't see name of your country. You don't see any of your product on the global scale. And then like Pakistan, a country that was colonized by British, and then you see like, oh, we are still like behind. So there was this deep passion. Can we actually make a product that is of the same quality as made by a European brand like Gucci or Armani or someone like that? So we were also like ordering shoes from Mr. Porter. We were ordering products from all over the world. Sometime to just see the packaging of that product because just wanted to do everything really good. So we wanted to not only show change to like ourselves, but we also wanted to show our craftsmen that they can also do something which they never thought they can do. There was that passion for like seeing someone like here doing something which they never thought that they can do that. So there was that part too. Then the third part was just like knowing on this journey that more than 90% chances are you are going to fail. And like keeping that like risk close to your heart and, and, and you start like falling in love with that. And, and then it, it becomes, becomes more fun. I mean, there is not for everyone, of course, as you know. And I think in Sidra's case, it's even more intense, which I would like her to actually talk about, which she's not talked much about. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit nervous as well, because this entire journey has been like very, very personal and kind of like very complex to me as well at some time. So I'm from a middle class family, four sisters, two brothers parents are teacher and very very simple small town life like you go and you graduate either you can become teacher you can choose that profession as a teaching as a girl or you go for marriage or if you are like bright then you become a doctor but other professions like becoming a businesswoman becoming a lawyer or working in any other sector it's very hard like people don't understand that so when I graduated I was like always very ambitious I was looking out instead of you know, seeing my surroundings. I still remember like I had a lot of conversation with my mom, like how, why in our society, people treat women differently and men differently. And I was not aware that this is so common in the entire world, but I was just questioning my reality. So when I met with Vakas and we started discussing all these ideas, it was a very difficult personal journey because I had to like convince my family and they had a different plan for me. And then there was a period when I said like, okay, I want to like just follow my passion. And then my family stopped talking to me for one and a half year, almost like two years. And it was very, very tough because I left my town. I went to Lahore, a big city. And it's very uncommon story in Pakistan. Like family system in Pakistan is very, very strong. And especially like if, when it's a matter of like your women, your daughter, your wife, it's very, very protective. Like they think that this is like them. They are, this is their integrity and all that so but I was like just looking at myself as an individual and then I was looking at my sisters like okay if I'm not moving out their life is also the same and I wanted them to like explore and make their life to seen by themselves so I was just talking to a cast few days ago that I still have unfortunately like nightmares sometimes that I'm fighting with my family like when I'm and I, I sometimes like get up crying that oh you know with all that trauma and everything in my mind so he said to me, like, hey, you should talk, even though right now, like, things are perfect. Like, when, once we got married, our business started working. Now, like, I have a very, very close relationship with my mother, with my family. My siblings are doing really well. Like, women in our family, like, particularly in our home, is much, much stronger. 
and they are far ahead in their career and i was talking to my younger sister because it's a it's a very long story so i just don't want to drag this but my sisters now they are very confident and they were saying like i mean it means to me a lot they were saying like if you would not have made an effort to move out and show us world actually offers you if you work really hard or if you are passionate about something they were saying like it it would not have been possible for us to like come that far so i think for me like seeing atoms marfor at a certain stage but also like seeing my, women in my town women of my family at certain level it means a lot for me thank you for sharing first and you know being vulnerable i think you know and both of you there i think that's a beautiful story and what i hear as a at least the takeaway that for both of you there was part of this if we can do this we're going to be able to inspire other people to think bigger and not bigger in the sense of 1 dollar versus a million dollars but think like how can i also just accomplish the things that are very deeply personal to me right how can i you know have more options more opportunities and go after those things right i had a fascinating conversation with tony weaver junior a couple of weeks ago where we spoke and he he's got a company called we're enough productions where he primarily at this stage creates comics that has superheroes that are kind of has representative kind of different races different genders and part of that is also kind of when you have people that you can look up to even if they're a fictional superhero if they look like you if they act like you they're always going to resonate more right and i think that's like for you sort of like what i hear you saying is this was firstly directly for your family what caused your village right kind of those craftsmen but if you guys went out there you could probably broaden the horizons for those important individuals in your life as well yeah yeah adi just i would like to say one thing like i think success is not just like making money or making a name it's basically some part of the world it's more about like making opportunity to make choice make your own decision it's so important and i don't know it's bigger than freedom i would say it's something different and i think it's so important which we don't realize and sometimes like i feel like even here when i'm in the us i don't see that equality completely and i think people are talking about that yeah i agree there right because for tens and hundreds of years we've been taught that there are a very narrow definition of success and i think we're finally at that point now where we're saying that there's millions different kind of ways for us to define success and it's very individual and unique right and like i think the challenge for this opinion right i think the or let me not have an opinion when i think about myself is i want to kind of make sure that every single day i am manifesting the truest version of myself right doesn't really matter whether it's through business or through writing or just being the dad or you know husband to my wife that i want to be but i want that to be the truest version of myself right and i was lucky for me at least many of those narratives being a white male they empowered me they gave me opportunities etc and i'm very supportive and kind of with that should change right because and for me that is that border narrative we should empower every single individual to have that equal opportunity to be their most unique most kind of truest version of themselves every single day right but i also think like now another thing which just like particularly talking about that aspect which you mentioned that white male i think it's very important that we now you might be thinking about that you have a responsibility like how you think about a world in general and how you know we can accept more diversity in our culture and all that debate and making sure that 
being a father, like your children also know about this, like how it's important. It's not like, you know, your color of your skin doesn't matter. It's all like how good human being you are. So I think like it's always a changing shift. Yeah. Totally right. And that's obviously kind of a prevalent and irrelevant thing just in this current kind of your day and age, right? We've seen worldwide many movements, loads of protests, many big voices kind of speaking up about various versions of inequality, right? I'm wondering, like in that, right, with Marker, you eventually get into kind of Y Combinator, the tech accelerator. What I'm most curious about in that vein, coming from Pakistan, your home country, Moving to the United States, what's the hardest change or just adaptation that you had to make going through that transition? So just after this kickstarting campaign, we also got married. This is where I got married. And then four weeks after we got accepted into Y Combinator and I first came to the U.S. And then Sidra came a few weeks after. I think the hardest part at that time was, I'm not sure, like there are like some movies where uh, the character, they go to like a different town. And they kind of like, they have to just live like one part of their personality. Like they are a whole human, but they are on a mission in, in that place or in that town. So for example, it could be a spy in, in a town where they have to collect some information. That is a full human who is probably has a family member or like all these other traits of their personality and, and their story, but you are only focused on that. So we came to the US, we are both friends. We are both husband and wife. We are entrepreneurs, but we are also like, we have families and we have like our interest and all of that. But we forgot all of that for some time. And we just like, Sidra and Vakas got into Y Combinator and we are here in the US and now they have to build this company. So, and at that time it did not feel that way. It's only now when I can realize because there were months when I was like, oh, we are in a race. Like we feel like there's stopwatch and, and time is shrinking. And, and we, have, so I would say like, some people are calling it managing your own psychology, but it is, I think, deeper than that. So that would be one of the, I would say, challenging part. And the other part were like, definitely, like if you speak with any general founder, they will talk about like raising money and getting first investor and all of that. I think those challenges are also big, but this challenge to us was very big. Uh, and then like for the first time speaking English full time, and if we had actually talked in 2015, I would be more paying attention to the grammar of what I was saying as opposed to what I was actually going to say. That's true. Yeah, that resonates, right? Because I think, and I'm wondering in that, the question is like, why Combinator and they're known for tech entrepreneurs, founders, right? Those are the labels that you would use for that group of people, right? And if that's the label that then is suddenly attached to Sidra and Mokaz, then yes, what I hear you saying, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but that becomes a primary mode of living, right? Like you need to hold up this label. I'm wondering like, if you guys introduce yourself today, are those still the labels that you use for yourself or do you use other labels or descriptions? Oh my God. <laughs> this is such a good and important question. Yeah, we still use this label. We always say like, I mean, most of our friends and most of people we meet is around our business. So we always introduce, hey, we are the founder of Adams. That's the first word we use and that's our description. Okay, this made me think. Sidra and I are not big fans of small talk. So people, if someone is asking us, if we are like meeting them, it comes very quickly to like what our interests and passions are. So like I write poems, we are interested in art and design, craft. Almost actually like in, in, in the conversation, 
it becomes more important to also tell like where we come from, not just where we are today, because we don't want people to just think that, hey, maybe these guys went to Ivy League and then they got into like technology world and then they got into like a startup program and got funding. Because I think it's there's more of that. And there are like people who are able to see that. So yes, still this is used as an icebreaker sometime or like that's the reason we are in that room, uh, but there is more to us. Yeah, actually like we both are now, Sidra is making like amazing illustrations when she's bored or inspired and writing poems and we are like doing other things, we are walking. So there's a lot more that happens in our lives. We read books and we talk about books. That's interesting. I uh, In the very first episode of the podcast, I chatted to Elliot Pepper, who's an author, and I asked him as well because he simply uses the term uh, on his Twitter bio saying he's a novelist, right? But he does so many different things. And he explained that using a label is very much for someone else's benefit, right? Because it helps them kind of understand where you're coming from. But I think because what I'm also hearing you say here is when you as an individual have that desire to tell kind of the backstory, the history to someone else, that is more about you, right? It's, this is not about helping the other person necessarily understand who this person is that I'm talking with, right? Because founder of Atoms is probably descriptive enough for the purpose of that meeting, but there is still that desire for you to illuminate more of who you are. Right. Because I, I think I, I remember someone mentioned that, that everyone is doing X. What happens when you do X? That's what we need. I'll use an example. There are so many podcasts. What happens when Adi does a podcast? That's what we are interested in. So yes, there is everyone in this room and everyone has an interesting story, but what makes you, you? And I think you would want to touch that if given the opportunity. And actually, I would, I would, anyone listening to this podcast, make sure to tell who you are. It might take some time to you and you might get it wrong initially. And you might say something and then you go home and, oh, I didn't, I actually not, I'm not that. That is the path to getting the answer. And I think we all will be always on this journey to finding like who we are and, and telling it the right way or proving it the right way to ourselves. So yeah, this is, I think, important. Yeah, I just want to add one more thing here. It's very interesting what Vakas said. And I, especially like this year and end of last year, we, we started making an effort to meet people other than business and having a conversation with them, not about the business, but in general. And I think this is the advantage we have being in New York, that we are not always around like business or tech people. We moved from San Francisco in, in 2019, start of 2019 to New York. So I think this is a big advantage. But at the same time, when you tell your story, actually, you also remind yourself that from where you are, especially like for both of us, it's very, very important. And I was saying to Vakas that, you know, we should actually pull all old photos and put them on our walls because I don't want to like forget from where I am because we are not visiting our home frequently. Like I visited Pakistan, my family after two and a half year because I couldn't go it because of the business and everything. And Vakas, it's been more than a year. And we don't know like when we will be home. I think it's very important to go and visit those places from where you are. And you, it's more relevant for you to even think about that you yourself in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what I can share here is that's a big part of my book. And this is not punting the book as much, but kind of the, the book, Life Profitability, The New Measure of Entrepreneurial Success. And one of the things that I speak about there is, I think for many people that create things, 
they need to kind of go back to that starting point and figure out like who are they as a person because as we embark on these journeys whether it's from you know business to business art project to next project corporate employment to the next gig right the one common denominator the one thing that always stays the same there is the fact that i'm going to be on that journey and if if i don't know who i am then i can't make decisions that are aligned with myself and there's always going to be that tension right and there's always going to be that risk that i kind of burn out or something doesn't work out but when i know this is who i am this is why i'm doing this thing i am setting myself up for for success right and which we define like the book also defines success differently it's not you know financial gain it is it's more about life profits right it's enabling me to live my best life so that really resonates speaking about individuals since like this is the first episode that i have two guests and i have the opportunity of having husband and wife here so because you mentioned earlier you, you guys got married and in 2015 just before moving to the states for for why combinator the question i want to ask you is what's been harder being married or being co-founders <laughs> oh my so, god. So, so for, for all, all the listeners that don't have the benefits of seeing the video, I can see both Sidra and Wakaz's face and for a moment oh there god. they both look in different directions and pondering the question. But anyway, tell us what's been harder, being married or being co-founders? Yes, so building something together and seeing yourself change in a way, like I'm trying to avoid the question, but I will answer that. So, uh, so you're seeing yourself changing so much and, and improving and, and, and adopting new skills and behaving differently in different situations. So you kind of like both fall in love with the person, but also like sometimes you're like, oh, why they are doing this and why are doing that? So I would say deep, deep down, Sidra and I have a, a relationship that is actually in a way like very personal and, and I love being a co-founder and being a husband is important and is what people know us, but I think there's a relationship beyond that too. And we often, at least I think about that too. So I would say working with your spouse as a co-founder is one of the hardest things. And it is kind of like sometimes it become difficult to tell that, hey, right now, let's say if I'm mad, am I mad at my co-founder? I'm mad at Sidra as my wife, or in fact, Am I mad at something at myself? And I'm just trying to tell that by thinking that I'm mad at Sidra. So I would say like, yes, it is not easy, but I think it's also one of the most rewarding things ever. Like it's kind of like you're doing it because it's deeply personal to you and only you can feel it. So it's in a way, it's a little bit selfish too that you have this relationship with this person, which no one else has and, and, and they can never have. And even she does not know that you are making this much joy and, and pleasure and, and inspiration from this relationship. So I would say that to me, the harder would be, harder is a combination of both, but there's also the beauty in that. So I would say, yeah, it's like, uh, it is actually like living with Sina is almost like you are living with like a tiger or like a lioness and, and they could kill you at any time, but you are loving it so much you can praise it and, and you can like enjoy the view and the beauty uh, and inspiration. So that's, I would say, is, is the truest part about it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, the last example was, I don't know what I should do with that. Yeah, but you know, from my side, I, I think like if I look at this relationship, I love him as my husband a lot. Like I think he's the best partner I have. He's very, very supportive. But being a founder, the realities actually shift really quickly in your business and also you have to make the scene 
so as a you know when you look at your marriage and everyday decision there are not lot many decision and you also have seen your parents making those decisions so you know kind of like how to navigate but making decision in business it's basically very very unique and i don't think so you are always fully equipped or you have seen enough and i think that's where it becomes really hard and sometimes like when you are making decision and two people are making decision at the same time and both are holding their ideas very strong sometimes it feels that it's challenging because you feel it it's part of your identity uh, and if you will make wrong decision then you know it will come at you so i think it becomes more complex in that way and the other part is like you spend so much time together like sometimes i i just want to like run away and say like i i need a break because you know i see this man in the office all the time and then at home all the time and then i was saying to vikas that we we are two people we don't have our family in the us so i was saying like vikas if imagine somebody is standing on the balcony and looking at us we are like two character who is going to office together coming back from the office together cooking food together eating food together imagine like two people are and then we are talking about like all the time about our business and now we have started talking about like different stuff as well because we are making an effort into that so i think yeah so i don't know what i'm saying but it does it make sense or not but this is what it is well i think at least for myself what i'm what i'm hearing is and something i think that most listeners would agree right is if you take as emotions love and ambition is probably two of the strongest emotions you can have right and like having kind of the the romantic marriage part and the kind of the business side and ambitious side it's just strong emotions on both so you're always kind of leveling up on the emotional side in in any conversation there and i by the way like the question was very hypothetical right i have my own opinions i like i can imagine that it is tough and it brings its own challenges i can also understand the part where it is also a superpower to some extent right mm-hmm. because you guys know each other so well etc etc that's why you also work better both in business and in life right i want to kind of last question to kind of end off here and to kind of end on a non businessy kind of manner and just continue down that route what i'd love to hear from you is what's been the biggest benefit for you guys that's not work related or not financially related that you derived from actually building Markor and Atoms. Yeah, I think the big benefit is like the inspiration part. People who are following our journey, especially like me and Vikas. I don't know like a lot of those people who we never knew but they are from our small town. They started adding us on social media and we want to particularly accept their friend request or want to like follow them back because we really want them to like follow our journey and create this narrative that if you will work hard it's possible it's not a now a matter of like from where you are it's basically like who you are and how excited and passionate you are about your dream and about your journey so i think that's the big benefit and we are seeing like people are following that and they want to connect now the problem is that we don't have a lot of time so we usually like every year vikas and i we pick like two three people and we mentor them and then we try to do this deliberately like also like there is a desire deep down that if we can help those people who are from the similar kind of background because there are less opportunities for them and then they have to make lot more effort in their language their english is not that good or maybe like their manner is not that good in terms of like you know business manners and all that and people like reject them over there and i think the so far the interesting part have been in our life is that the overall journey is very very rewarding not for us but also for our families and now our siblings 
also like looking at our I, I can understand their pressure as well because you know we don't want them to like do pull themselves so yeah i think this is such a great question of what have for example in this case what have i achieved from marfor and atoms beyond like the the general business and like general success like i think if you ask me like what is that you want to what is like the biggest ambition of yourself so i often think of myself like i exist because of a reason i am not ardi and if there was already ardi then why do i care so i want to know like what is the potential of bakas or what is the potential of a human and can i at least make a serious effort to touch that like whatever is that and there is an example which i also often think of like imagine like hundreds of people are swimming in the ocean and everyone is making noise and everyone is kind of like swimming and having partying there everyone is swimming but some of them are calm and they are calm because they have touched the bottom of the ocean with their hands and then they come back so they are just very calm that they they don't have to make noise and they are just very very satisfied because they have been through that journey and then kind of like found themselves so in a way as much as sensitive i have become or maybe i was always sensitive as much emotional and as much, maybe a little bit smarter in a way like i'm i'm just trying to like find myself so that is i would say is one of the most rewarding part like i'm finding new ways to talk to sidra and i'm finding new ways to talk to my friend and i'm finding new ways to talk to myself and that i would say is is rewarding and now like there is desire to actually bring that personality out in our companies and what we do on day to day life because we want our community and our people who have supported us to know that too that what is actually happening to us beyond what they see so long answer to a very specific question and both of you had beautiful answers there that really resonates i for one can't wait to see how that plays out as you kind of you continue on your journey with atoms and marcor as a big fan here so sidra wakas thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today if anyone wanted to follow you guys where should they find you online yeah thank you adi i'm like feeling so much connected and this is the first time i i'm actually meeting you live so thank you so much for inviting us yeah so people can write us on twitter i think most of the time we are active on twitter my handle is at sidra kasim my first and last name and the same for me vakasali and it was such a pleasure adi thank you for being so thoughtful with your questions and and listening awesome thanks so much guys thank you adi that's it for me for today's episode if anything in today's conversation really resonated with you please do send me an email on ad@lifeprofitability.com that's ad@lifeprofitability.com you can also leave a review on iTunes which helps me to improve the show and perhaps also helps me to reach someone else that needs to hear this or might find this helpful i'll be back here with another great guest next week cheers